If you could ask the Lord one question today, what would that question be? Maybe it is that your life has had so much difficulty. In fact, your life is known to be filled with suffering. And when you came to know the Lord, you thought that the believer's life is a life of blessing. It might be that at times you lack wisdom. And you thought that God is the source of all wisdom. And why don't you always have wisdom in every situation? It might be that, that you have recognized that God is sovereign. You know that he's sovereign. But you're struggling with this question of what is my responsibility and what I can actually entrust to God. It might be that you often feel insignificant, overlooked uh, in the church. It might even be that, that you have prayed so often and you have not seen answers to your prayer and you're wondering if prayer even makes a difference. Now I want to spend the next few Sundays looking at a wonderful book of the Bible, a letter written by James. James, the, the brother of Jesus, but he not once refers to himself as brother, but in fact, he calls himself the slave of God. He was also the leader, it seems, of the, of the early church in Jerusalem. So indeed, a prominent man. And, and, and he writes this letter to a persecuted people giving them life's perspectives or godly perspective on the struggles they're facing. And he also shares with us so many other practical advice that I believe that can help you and I. Join me on this journey as we look closer at the book of James. Now James shows us that uh, the gospel is so comprehensive and it is so powerful that we do not have to avoid sometimes asking hard questions or, uh, or want answers to difficult issues of life. Because one thing I know for sure is that each one of us, each one of us watching the, uh, today are struggling with something of faith uh, in their life. And I want to start today by reading from James 1. And if you have your Bible with you, won't you turn maybe your phone Turn with me uh, in James 1, and we're going to read from verse 2. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says the following, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when, and notice the word when, it does not say if, we wanted to say if, but it says when troubles, in other words, inevitable, when troubles of any kind come your way. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. You see, I want you to understand one thing, and that is, I believe, what James is saying to us uh, as well here he says your heavenly father intentionally decided after you came to know christ for you not to just disappear like 
you meet Jesus, you make him Lord, and you disappear, and immediately you arrive in glory. In other words, immediately you are perfected into the image of God. See, that's not, that's not what God does. We know this. And see, there's a reason I, I believe that he has placed you in this fallen world, that he's placed you and me in this fallen world. Because all of us will either face a momentary or either huge life-transforming difficulties at some stage in our life. Some things might be small, something might be huge, and it might be a pivotal moment that changes everything about your walk with God. Now, God is in control of the details of our experience. That I am so convinced about. And see, according to Acts 17, God even chooses the exact place you and I would live. He chooses the, the exact length of our days. So I actually don't believe in this thing that we say it's an untimely death. All is in God's hands. And see, you and I can never have a biblical view of Christianity and somehow place God outside our trouble. It goes hand in hand. And see, God, I want to present to you today, is in the middle of your trouble. He is not an austere God watching on as we're going through our troubles, as we're going through our suffering, austere God looking from some, some place up in the sky and completely indifferent to our suffering. He is in the middle of our suffering, of our troubles. And see, it immediately gets us to the question, why would God then allow difficulty, difficulty in the life of his children? And I'm sure that's a question that many of us have asked so many times. Why do we have to go through these difficulties? Why do we have to go through these disappointments? Why do we have to go through this pain, through this suffering? And I'm sure many of you will ask today, why do we even have to go through COVID-19? Why do we have to be, 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 be suffering from, from, from maybe losing a loved one, a family member, somebody close to us? Why is God allowing this to happen? And see, I look at, I look at what it says in this portion that we've just read. It says you, for you know. Now, when it says, for you know, that when your faith is tested, it, it, it sort of implies that you shouldn't be surprised. You shouldn't be surprised that this is, that indeed this is happening. For you know that when your test, your faith is tested, your endurance, in other words, we can use your steadfastness, has a chance to grow. And see, if you and I embrace the sovereignty of God, you and I will realize that we are not in control of our own lives, but God is. That's basically what it means. God is God and He can do what He wants, when He wants it, how He wants to do it. That's basically the theology of God's sovereignty. You and I should then not be surprised that God is in the middle of our trouble. And He's using that trouble for some purpose. It's not just meaningless. And see, these difficulties are not just fate. It's not accidental. They are tests. So when we hear, immediately when we hear the word test, we might think of exams and, and schooling and, and passing and failing that we have to sort of 
pass some sort of test. But actually, that's not what James means here. James is using it as a metaphor. And see, what we know is that when you mine for metals, you mostly have to deal with ore. Now, ore has imperfections that robs that specific metal of its strength and its beauty. Because the ore basically contains uh, this metal. Now, it would make no sense to mine a metal and leave it in its ore state. And see, ore is not very usable. It's not very attractive, actually. And see, the metallurgist knows he must do something special with this ore so that he can actually extract this beautiful metal from the ore. He needs to, to sort of add a catalytic agent as well as powerful heat to this ore that will then uh, liquefy the metal and see thus boiling out the imperfections of the ore leaving us with this beautiful metal uh, this that is without uh, imperfections once we have gotten rid of these imperfections we we get this this metal that is oh, has got higher strength and it's absolutely beautiful. And that is exactly what James is talking about here. And see, these, trial, tri, these trials that, we, that we're experiencing, God ordains to bring into your life, into my life, so that for the purpose of our refinement. Now, your Redeemer sees remaining imperfections in you and me. And you might say, surely Marnie, imperfections in me and i want to present to you and obviously i'm just joking uh, i want to present to you that maybe it's time that we all that we will get into the habit of asking those close to us what are some of the imperfections they have noticed in us and that is why we as a church have committed to find ourselves each one in the low and gospel central church to be part of a dna where we as men with other men women with other women and three or four would actually constantly challenge one another and help each other to grow into the image of god you need to be in a DNA. It is for your benefit. Now, you and I need refinement. That's why we need to find ourselves in these little groups. Now, there's a particular character quality that God wants to develop in us. And it's called, the Bible calls it, and depending on what translation you're looking at, steadfastness, but the New Living Translation calls it endurance. I love that word. It speaks of a marathon. It speaks of a, of a, of a consistent, purposeful, intentional movement in a specific di direction over a period of time. And see, these trials and these difficulties of life, I believe, are the object of God's grace. And it's meant to produce something specific in you called endurance and see endurance i believe has got two aspects to it first of all there's a fixed direction it's moving in one specific intentional direction and then there's there's also this 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 thought of of a of a firmness of purpose those of you that have run marathons will know that there's there's a there's a purposefulness when you are running and there's a there's a focus in running in one direction. 
And see, by God's grace, He has chosen me to be part of His agenda on earth. Isn't it wonderful that He is choosing to partner with us even in our unrefined form? And see, we are no, we are no longer to live for the purpose of self, but we are called to find joy in living for the expansive purposes of His kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And see, I'm excited, and this leads to me being excited. I'm excited because my life has eternal meaning and purpose. I have a reason for, for, for speaking in a certain way. I suddenly find myself having a reason for conducting relationships in a certain way. I have purpose in using my money and my time in a certain way. I suddenly have purpose in how I think and what my desires are and how I do certain things. Now God, Jesus has called you to be part of what he's doing. He wants to partner with us. What a wonderful call. What a wonderful direction. Purposeful direction. Now endurance means that in the face of difficulties, I do not abandon that direction. I do not abandon that purpose. Now, that endurance part is only ever the product of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, God's enabling grace is available to you and I in the midst of the challenge we're facing, in the midst of that endurance. So the source of our endurance is the very grace of God. And see, that grace of God comes to me in uncomfortable forms. Now, wouldn't it be nice if we could just skip that part? I mean, we love the, con the, the concept of God's grace, but then to hear that that grace of God often comes in the form of uncomfortable situations. And see, God will take you and I where we have never in, haven't intended to go in order to produce in you what you could not achieve on your own. Let me say that again. God will take you where you haven't intended to go in order to produce in you, to produce in me, what you could not achieve on your own. That is grace. God's enabling grace. Now, now, now James says, look at those trials and experience joy. I know it's difficult. James says, look at those trials and experience joy because those trials are not a sign of God's unfaithfulness and inattention. And see, those trials are a sign of His transforming love, His amazing grace in our lives. And see, the way you respond to difficulty will always reveal what is important to us. Isn't that so true? It will, it will reveal what is your true values. What are the true values of your heart? And see, I wish I can say that that I always respond uh, or respond with joy in the midst of suffering. I wish I can say that that every time I experience difficulty, that I just respond so full of joy, full of the grace of the Lord, with an amazing smile on my face. But I, but often. I would rather want God to leave me in my comfortable situation than experiencing a, a, a holiness, ongoing, growing into the image of Christ. And see, if your heart is ruled by comfort, what will happen is that you will be pretty angry when you are inconvenienced. 
It might be that your heart could be controlled by power and control, or your heart is ruled by power and control. And what will happen is when, 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 when you are challenged on that, you will be very discouraged and disappointed when your life seems suddenly out of control. And see, if your heart is ruled by affirmation from people, what will happen? Uh, you will be dejected when you don't experience that affirmation. And see, what is the response of your heart to difficulty reveal about your actual functional ruling in your heart? And see, perhaps we don't find joy in the face of difficulty because our agenda for our life is different than God's agenda for our life. It says in James 1 verse 4 the following. It says, So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. And see, what a huge comfort to know that nothing in my life moves beyond the arm or arms of the Redeemer. How safe does that not make us feel? Here is the temptation we all face when we experience difficulty. And see, we permit bad attitudes to enter on our hearts. We, we question the goodness of God. And see, we ask ourselves, is He actually as good as the Bible says He is? We start doubting His love. We become impatient and we become irritated. Why do we become irritated? Because we don't get what we want. Again, our purposes versus God's purposes. And see, when things are not going as well for us, we just want to kick something. I mean, maybe you're not like that, but I mean, how many times I found myself, I just want to kick something. And, and I'm sure there's, been, there's many, many, many doors with holes in it all over the world. We just want to kick something. Can I know them? Kick the dark. Uh, but we want to just kick something. And see, maybe perhaps when difficult, you're faced with difficulty, you experience envy. See, you look at other people and you're saying to yourself, Look at them. It seems like God loves them more than He loves me. And, and they're not even as holy as I am. They don't even go to church regularly. In fact, they are not even engaged in church. And it seems like they're getting everything. And, and envy starts filling our hearts. <clears throat> and I believe these attitudes are not, and behaviors are not attitudes and behaviors of joy. And sort of when that happens, what we do is we bring God into the court of my judgment, judging him to be unworthy. And I so often hear people, I, just, I want to question God on that. I want to know why is he doing that? And sort of some people even give themselves permission to, be, to get angry with God. And, and I, I don't know if I would allow myself those freedoms to just constantly almost be uh, an accuser of God. It's like, God, I, how can you do this? You, why are you not answering me? I think we need to be very careful with that one. And see, these attitudes lead to bad habits, characterized by, by maybe backing away from our call to our call that, God, that which God has called us to. You see, you and I might reason that my prayer doesn't seem to work. 
And if it was, I wouldn't be facing the problems I'm facing now. You might even be saying, well, then I'm going to just stop praying. And, and you might even stop reading your Bible because, you know, I've been reading my Bible every single day. You know, that little one verse I just take from my bedside and uh, or maybe that verse I get every day in my inbox or my email. And I've been reading that and it doesn't make dif a, a difference. So I might as well stop. You see, that's why James says that endurance is a gift of grace, a call to remain steadfast, a call to even in the, in the moments of difficulty to uh, allow the grace of testing to have its full effect in our lives. It's so wonderful to know that your Redeemer will not quit until you are in full possession of everything He deemed to give you. And see, there will be a day when you and I will stand before him, lacking in heart and behavior, no good thing. We will be completely and fully formed into the likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are not there yet. I'm sure you would acknowledge that. So the work of refinement need to go on. And you will encounter things uh, that you've never chosen for your own life. And the result, the result of unrelenting grace the result of the unrelenting grace of the lord jesus your lord is a lord of life transforming grace and see you will experience the deepest and the fullest of joy when you can see in the middle of those difficulties a god of glorious grace your Lord will work in the small moments and He will work in the huge moment of your life to complete that work of transforming grace He has begun in you. Be honest with Him that you don't always remain steadfast. Be honest about the way you often question His goodness. Be honest that you have grown lax in your obedience. And I want to call us today that we will once more seek His forgiveness, that we will repent of our sinful habits, that we will come today and we will put our faith once again in a God of grace, that in the midst of our struggle and our pain is doing a work so that we will grow into the image of Christ. So today I'm calling you, those that, that have never responded to the gospel, have never responded to the good news that Christ has died, the, uh, the death you should have died, that died on a cross so that you can be set free, so that you can spend eternity with Him and not eternity in hell uh, completely separated from Him. So my call to you today is, will you not respond to the grace of God, the grace of God that are calling you and I today to repent of our sins, to repent of us running away from God, so that we will today run towards God, that we will give our lives, surrender our lives to Christ. Can I in this time by praying for us father thank you thank you that james uh, today is reminding us again that in the midst of our struggles 
that we can experience the grace of God, that, that our pain, our suffering, and the trials and the tests that we're experiencing are not for nothing. It's not just fate, it's not accidental, but it's got a specific purpose. And Father, may we count the joy when we are experiencing these trials and suffering, even if that's difficult. But we'll at that moment, as we, as we experience that suffering, that we will call upon your grace, that we will walk in the midst of your grace, that we will put our full faith in you, so that we indeed can experience the supernatural joy of the Lord, knowing that He's doing a work in us. So I pray for everyone that's struggling, that are suffering. I pray that your comfort will minister to them today. May they experience the grace of God, the presence of God in, in, in their lives today, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless.